Hello there and welcome to our weekly podcast. This is a compilation of our best interviews from the last five days, all in one place. And so this week, legendary jockey Nina Carberry and Aslan star Billy McGuinness joined me for a chat ahead of appearing on the upcoming season of Dancing with the Stars. We'll have plenty more Dancing with the Stars content on the way in the new year, so keep an eye and ear out for that. Sandra Ryan spoke to me about how Christmas can be a time of great pressure and struggle for some families, and that during her own difficult times, St. Vincent de Paul offered incredible support. And advocate and artist Amy Begley talked to me about her work and her amazing attitude to life. She's the graphic designer behind the Coke Foundation's new hashtag Light Up Cork campaign. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy it. Yeah, let's do this. Yeah, it's, it's, it's back, it's back. He's dancing in front of me already. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'd say Billy, we've, we've met a, a fair old few times now down through the years. Uh, Billy McGuinness, um, Aslan, stalwart and superstar, <laughs> I don't know how to. I don't know what to say. Neither do I. You're doing it. You've, you come in here. You've got a feather boa on. You've got sequins coming out your ears. You've got glitter on your on your on your eyebrows. You look fabulous, Billy. Right, thank you very much, Ryan. Okay, so they said they call you and they say, okay, tough guy, Dancing with the Stars. What do you think? I thought it was a wind up straight away. <laughs> Straight away, I said, that's Christy and the lads winding me get up. Away. It cannot be serious, dancing with the stars. So I actually said to them, can I get back to you? Of course, then the email came in and I went, oh my God. It's real. This is real. And uh, first of all, I, it took me, it was a very quick decision because it's me that's doing it. And it's something that's out of the band that I'm involved, really. Do you know what I mean? Now, they're 100% supportive. When I rang Christy and I said, Christy, I've been asked to do Dance with the Stars. Yeah. He said, Billy, you have to do it. You have to do it. He said, it'd be brilliant. So, and the whole band have been like that, you know, so, and the family and everyone's supportive. Me, I think I'm a bit nuts. The first week, I, I couldn't get out of the car. My neighbour saw me getting out of the car and said, Billy, are you at the putting your back out? And I says, no, no, you don't want to know. <laughs> I, was, I was in bits. but Because um, you're using parts of your body and muscles and things that just wouldn't get a, a, a day's work out of them in a given week. Absolutely, absolutely. It's all about the position and, and uh, now I'm onto the, the steps, the actual like the feather step and this step and that step and I'm going, Amazing. oh my God. It's like from 40 years I've been in Aslan, which we're celebrating our 40th year next year, which is we're doing 40 years, 40 gigs, right? Mm. So the timing for Dancing with the Stars is perfect yeah. to do it now. As opposed to, because I wouldn't be able to do it next year, because we're doing like the Tree Arena and uh, on in September the seventeenth, and there's a lot of there's forty other gigs. So the timing was I thought yeah. about it and I went, this is perfect timing. And you'll be fit as me. a fiddle for it too. And I'll be fit as a fiddle yeah. as well. Which Are you is great. fit? Are you? Do you have any sort of regime at all in terms of yeah. day to day? Yeah, do you? I, I do spinning uh, in Betty's Town in the gym in Betty's Town okay. every day. So that's that's all that's right, kind so of be, that's yeah. So it. that's but the fact that I'm the oldest as well. I'm the oldest competitor, and they've teamed me up with the youngest competitor, the youngest so dancer, the youngest dance yeah. pro dancer. Yeah. yeah. So we have our demographic age group will be covering everyone yeah. from she's in her teens. Up to me, I'm 61, so it's great, you know. But do you know what, Ryan? Age is just a number, and I'm going out there to prove to everyone that you can be taken out of your comfort zone. Yeah. 40 years of music, I'm going into a world of dance, and it's going to be a challenge, and I bring it on. It's I, great. And I'm, do you know what, Ryan? I'm already having great fun yeah, with my partner. We're, like, we're spending half the time dancing, falling around the studio yeah. laughing. Yeah, it's great. just, it's great fun. And if people might hear that sound of leather in the studio this morning, it's actually your jacket. Um, <laughs> you're not wearing all the things I said you were wearing. I, and, but this brings me to the next point. You're, you're like a biker jacket guy going into a feather boa world. How are the outfits? The efforts are mad. Oh my God, they're mad. It's like, it's, never mind. Like, everything is great. Uh, I'm, I'm loving it. It's fun. It's new. I've only one problem. Mm -hmm. One is the dancing. That's the problem. Like, that is the problem because I can't dance. When I rang my mother, 
Yes. I rang me ma and I says, listen ma, I'm doing Dancing with the Stars. I thought she was going to have a heart attack. She was on the floor laughing. She was going, you can't dance, Billy. You can't dance. You can't dance. I said, I know, ma. That's what's going to make it so funny. (laughs) But we're having a ball. And the outfits, I mean, to go, I am leather jacket, jeans, have been for the whole, since I was in my nappies. Do you know what I mean? It was a leather jacket. So to go to sequins and sparkles and getting the spray tan. What's that like? It's I'll tell you a funny story. Yeah. Right, this is a true story. Come on. We were in getting the spray tan, right? And it was down by the tree arena, okay? So I'm in me boxers and your woman sprayed me. So I said, listen, I'm going to run out to reception and give everyone a laugh. So I ran out to reception. In your boxers? In me boxers, where all the other dancers and celebrities were. And I'm dancing around reception, doing all these pirouettes and everything. Of course, I turn around and there's a big glass window yes. there. And all the builders are on the other side of the building and they're getting their phones out and they're cracking up laughing. I didn't know the builders oh, were yes. on the other side. Yes. But, but look. Oh, that's great. <laughs> True story. Oh, that's great. Is it, does, it, does the fake tan smell? Uh, yeah, and the, and the sheets are ah, in the hall. <laughs> and seemingly you have to get one every week, which is weird. Yeah. You know, so look, it's, it's all new. It's different. It's fun. <laughs> I'm bring it on. Well, this bring is, it on. I think yeah, Neil Delamere was saying this on Friday night. In fact, he was on the Late Late Show about how the uh, you talk about the comfort zone. There's a touch of the pandemic, you know, reaction to this from people like you, maybe Neil, who go, what's the point in saying no to, like, li- get busy living. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and doing yeah. things and yeah. challenging yourself yeah. and having fun. Yeah, if I'd have got a call to say, Billy, we have a job for you as a shepherd and you'd be out shearing <laughs> sheep, I'd have grabbed their okay. arm off just to actually be doing something because I don't know <laughs> if you're aware because, uh, like, we do Vicar Street, uh, yeah. uh, the, the government have cut down gigs to 50% capacity. We had to cancel the Wexford Opera House on Saturday which was a disaster and give a full refund the three Vicar Street gigs we had to um, uh, they were sold out so we had to cancel them and then put them back on sale at 50% and that's you have people travelling from the UK and America and everyone coming in to see Aslan for Christmas and it's not a nice thing to do they've no tickets and what can you do and the band are getting it in the neck now we're lucky enough this weekend we're in beautiful Ballycotton in East Cork and Sea Church we've two gigs down there we've split the gigs we were to do one we're doing two 50% and 50% capacity we're in the INEC on the 21st three Vicar Streets and then Dancing in the Stars Stars (laughs) yes so when you split the the gig then from 100% into over two nights are, are you your fee? Of, your you, fee goes is double straight away because you have to pay your crew. That's what I'm saying. Pay, are, are, yeah, yeah. You're working you're doing, twice as you're hard. Do, twice as hard for, the same for fee. half for the same fee for oh the same fee goodness. when you do two. We couldn't do that with the Wexford Opera House. Uh, we uh, at fifty percent capacity. It would have cost us money to actually do the gig. What but, a mess. but please don't blame the bands. No, don't blame no. everyone's in the same. The Coronas uh, picture this. Everyone's in the same boat. Anyone that has gigs before Christmas. Uh, you heard about Mary Coughlin, she nearly yeah. retired over it. It's yeah. it's, uh, it's a tough time for musicians. It's a really, really tough yeah. time and creative yeah. people and behind the scenes and, and everything like that. Yeah. It's it's horrible and no doubt about it. But uh, as you say, this is your distraction oh, from all of that. Oh, yes, it is. Let's bring out uh, the, 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 the next person who is going to be revealed on the show this morning. And that is a, a, somebody who is a superstar in her own right. There's no doubt about it. And she's welcome to the programme by phone. Nina Carberry, good morning. <laughs> Hi Ryan, how are you? It's nice to talk to you again. Yes, yeah, no, no, yeah, I don't know what I've put my in. Yeah, Billy's thinking the same thing here. Um, <laughs> let me ask you the similar question, Nina, because we'd, we'd know you, for, you know, as one of the greatest jockeys that, that was ever on a horse in this country's history. And now we're going to see you um, in the sequence and uh, mm-hmm. trot, trotting across the floor or galloping out a canter, whatever you might be doing. <laughs> tell me, uh, tell me about your communication when they said, Nina, we'd like you to be on Dancing with the Stars. Your initial reaction was what? I was kind of like, oh, I don't know, I wonder what, I, I wasn't really sure, and I was kind of said it to my husband's head, and I was to think, he said, do it, do it, you'd be brilliant. I was like, seriously, and he was like, no, you'd be great, and I said, you're always giving out to me about dancing, I'm so tense. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I said, sure, I'll give it a, a lot, and uh, no, it was, it's, it's, it's the hardest thing I've ever done in my whole life. The is last it? two weeks is, I've, I've no, no, dancing me at all the beat and everything the rhythm Billy's saying he's he's not a great dancer but at least he's got a musical background you kind of have a, half an idea about a rhythm or whatever but 
No, I found it very, very hard the first week. And uh, at least the second week, I started getting the hang of the steps. But one of the toughest things I've ever done in my life. Uh, how old are your, your kids now, your girls? Oh, four and two. So Rosie and Holly, yeah. They'd be kind of half, well, four would be kind of half aware that their mother will be up dancing on a, on yeah. a Sunday night. But I noticed, it's interesting, Billy, that so Christy turns around and says, yeah, 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 do it. And equally... Uh, when we're talking to Nina there and she says that her husband Ted said yeah 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 yeah, do it isn't it funny that (laughs) all these people that in your life that love you are going yeah you should definitely do it (laughs) you know what I mean there's There's something a bit weird about the encouragement you're getting there's a guilty there's a guilty pleasure in there for the rest of them because they're going to be watching (laughs) like obviously Christy and Catherine are going to come out to the show and all the band are going to come out to the show my family's going to come out to the show but there's a guilty they're going to be saying Wait till you see this ages yeah, in the sequence. Yeah. I wait till you see him messing up the moves. So that's, yeah, that's it. And Nina, you were like, you're, you know, as you say, your husband's saying, well, you can't sing, you can't dance. Every note in your head, you'd be brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it'll be very interesting. I, uh, I just hope my pro dancer makes me look good. What are you? What but, are you looking forward to most about the experience, Nina? Oh, uh, like obviously learning to dance properly and to a level that I'll never ever ever have achieved before so it's it's I'm really excited about it and I'm getting into it now and I think uh, I love it you know when I start doing the shows it'll be brilliant it's a great experience mm. and uh, no, I'm really looking forward to it it's, it's a massive challenge ahead but we give it a laugh anyway like you know so it'll be, yeah. it'll be good fun it, I think as Billy said it'll be a bit of crack a bit of crack and you know successful jockeys like yourself tend to have a, a height advantage you know as in the less of it the better so how, how's the yeah. height advantage differentiation working with your pro dancer I have a similar kind of height when I have my heels on, and uh, but it's the posture thing I really struggle with because I'm almost obviously bent over on a horse, like lying forward. So this is the opposite. Have to keep your keep your shoulders back, your head in the right position. It's very very hard. Ramrod yeah. straight, isn't that? Yeah, Ramrod yeah, yeah. straight. I keep dropping me right arm. Really? Drop, yeah. Stop dropping your right arm, Billy. Oh, yeah. it just it's just you know she has me doing. She has me holding two bottles of water oh. for five minutes in the position. And then drop them, and then go back into that position again with the the water as weights. So before we start dancing, that's what she has me doing, just to get into that correct posture. Billy, yeah. that, that sounds like you're you're spending some time in it, being tortured by <laughs> by the CIA in, in a dark room somewhere. That would be easier than what we're going through. Oh that would God. be so easy, right? Okay, so Nina, Billy, we have Gronia show again. Neil Delamere, Ellen Keane, Angus McGreena. Uh, from from what I read about it, Gronia is being tipped as one of the favourites. Ellen wants to win it and is openly yeah. admitting that. Yeah. Um, Neil and Angus did, didn't have too much to say on, on in that regard, but already we're seeing the runners and riders, if you will. <laughs> Nina, uh, you know, where, where where are you with confidence in terms of? Do you want to win it, or is it just a lark, or what's the? Crack? I I want. I don't want to be knocked out first. I think um, everyone will feel like that, you know. Yeah. I'm sure Nina, you feel the same. Yeah. It'd be like Definitely. I'll just I'll be gutted if the forced to go. So as long as I avoid the forced exit, I'm happy, Ryan. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely, okay. So you're yeah. in it to yeah. see yeah. how in, far yeah, you can go. See, yeah, just to see. It. Obviously, I I don't think I'm going to win it. I'm not a dancer. There's better dancers there technically. Okay. But I'm in it for the crack. I'm in it for the fun. Who do you think will win it at this stage? Um, I think. Missy Elliott. Uh, Missy Keating. Missy Keating, yeah, sorry. Missy <laughs> no, Keating, yeah. No, yes, she was announced yes, yesterday. She was announced. Erica Cody now, and Nicholas Roach, uh, Stephen's yeah, son. And yeah, Cytus, yeah, a lovely guy of chatting to them. And that's the great part about it. Yeah. I'm meeting these people that are like heroes, you know, like yeah. Nicholas Roach, fantastic yeah. cyclist, you know. So I'm meeting these people and getting to chat to them. So Missy Keating is your tip I at I think, this point. yeah, because she has a bit of, she done a bit of uh, tap dancing and okay. dance when she was younger, when she was smaller. So I'm thinking, just from chatting, to her and getting that information I'm thinking she might have a head start she's a, she's a, she, a, a she might contender have. what about you Nina do, do you want to win it or do you feel that there are stronger acts out there there are definitely stronger acts but um, I'm like Billy I just hope we don't get out the first week of the yeah. votes yeah. and um, hopefully every week hopefully we can improve and you never know but I, like you know I just definitely don't want to go out the first week I think everyone's kind of dreading that but uh yeah, no, definitely not want to go out the first week anyway. Billy was talking about uh, Aslan and the band and, and just the comings and goings and cancellations and just the, the, the gruelling nature of trying to be in a band in, in 2022. How, how about horse racing? Has, has there been much effect there? 
Well, the crowds and everything, I suppose, but it was still able to go ahead, thank God, to a lot of work behind the scenes of Jennifer Pugh, who's the, the medical officer there. But mm. we were lucky enough that we could keep going, but obviously the crowds couldn't go or anything. So they're, they're somewhat back, but um, hopefully um, we can get back into oh. the, the real the real gist of it all when the crowds are fully back. The real world, Nina, will be back yeah. some, someday. <laughs> Normal exactly. service has been suspended. Uh, yeah. Nina, congratulations. Happy Christmas to you and your Thank family. You. And um, we'll be talking to you, no doubt, in the in the next uh, month or so. So take care and good luck. Thank you. Thanks very um, much, Ryan. Not at all. Thank you, Nina. Nina Carberry joining us now as the next uh, contender uh, on Dancing with the Stars with Billy McGuinness, who's with us here in studio. should say that the judges, uh, Lorraine Barry and Brian Redmond, are going to be joined by a new member of the judging panel called Arthur. Arthur uh, Grunalan, I think is the right way to pronounce that. And of course you have Jennifer Zamparelli, Jennifer Zamparelli and Nikki Byrne presenting. So it's pretty much as you were to, to a large extent. And it's all happening. Um, do we have a date? Not quite a date, but it's happening in January. We know that much. Uh, and Billy, a whole new world, as the song says, opens Absolutely, up for yeah. you now. Like, it's, it's amazing because uh, Shinna Will, the production company, was actually the company that filmed our Made in Dublin album oh, and yeah. DVD. Yeah. And to this day, that's still our biggest selling album. So it was great. Uh, if you'd have told me back in 1999 yeah. that Will made Made in Dublin, that I'd be on Dancing in the Stars in 2021. Yeah. I'd said not in a million years. Well, so I, like, I, I have to say, I like your, your um, sense of fun about the whole thing. Like You seem mm. like you're really buzzing on the idea of just getting stuck into <laughs> something completely different. And I too am looking forward to your pain. I'm like, I'm with Christy on this one going, yeah, Billy, it's a deadly <laughs> idea. Yeah, thanks, you'd be brilliant at it. <laughs> oh, so you. I'll be watching. So we're, we're going to be partnering up with Dancing with the Stars here on our programme. So every Monday, whoever is um, uh, rejected, evicted, uh, rejected by the Irish oh, people don't, uh, don't come in here with their tail between their legs <laughs> or no or their, their head held high either way it's all it's all fun but it's just what I firmly believe that it's just what the country needs at the absolutely moment. I agree with you sparkle, there yeah. you know what I mean a bit of entertainment light yeah. heart a bit of fun something to watch on a Sunday oh. night half six it's going to be great yeah yeah there was I, I don't know so, uh, uh, Mike in Cork was on have you seen the deaf actor Rosie Ailing Ellis making the final of Strictly in the UK the deaf community are so proud of her achievement reaching the final episode and that's Strictly come dancing of course over in the UK but they did a a, a song recently I was watching again through Gogglebox um, where she was dancing and she's obviously deaf and the partner is the music is playing and playing and playing and then they stop the music and they dance wow and you get to experience I haven't seen that but that sounds amazing oh, uh, still stay with me yeah, I, like, so, that sounds great so these programmes can do something yeah. you know what I mean yeah. and uh, even when we're talking about um, Ellen Keane the other night and she's the first Absolutely, dancer with a disability yeah. to come on and, and take part and she's so game for it you know what I mean in fairness it's there's a gr- you know it's more than just a TV yeah. show it's bit. great to see someone like Ellen doing it and going yeah. for it and throwing her heart into and it you know what I mean yeah, Actually, and listen, she's going she, she's, she's in it to yeah. win it uh, <laughs> tell Billy the Frontline Choir have your back ah oh. brilliant yeah. with David Brophy yeah, we, yeah. Did, um, we did a, a concert with them in Dublin Dublin Castle they're absolutely yeah. amazing and uh, hopefully hopefully there was a there was a post put up that the frontline choir have made themselves available for the three arena gig if oh, we need them. Oh, how lovely! So wouldn't that be yeah, interesting? Bring it all. Yeah, bringing it all. Yeah, yeah it'd be yeah. lovely. So Love yeah, uh, thanks to everyone in the frontline choir. He has made us sound brilliant in Dublin Castle. Good on you. Billy. It's yeah. great to see you, and thanks for coming in today. And I think thanks, that man. the show will really benefit uh, by having you there because you know you're you're exactly getting the exact vibe of what it's all about. So happy Christmas to you. Happy Christmas to and you, Ryan, and, and, and everyone, all the staff and RTA and everyone involved in the show. Don't, don't encourage them. Um, and um, obviously your mother will be, uh, will ah, be she's, she's still, still on still the floor laughing. she's still on the floor Ryan get up man will you quit see you Billy God bless 928 uh, great to have your company this Wednesday morning uh, let's say good morning to Sandra hello Sandra hi Ryan how are you it's nice to talk to you how's the form today good good form the sun's shining where you are or what have we got? It is, the sun is shining. A few clouds in the sky but um, it's a, a nice uh, dry day. Beautiful walking weather, right? Yeah. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> um, you moved to where in 2008? I moved to Waterford um, from, from Wexford, from home. Um, to start um, college, I went back to college um, to study nursing. Um, as a mature student. And who did you move to Waterford with, if you don't mind me asking? Um, my two kiddies, so Saoirse and Alex. Saoirse was just going about to turn five at the time and Alex had just turned two. Okay, you were on your own with, with the girls? Sorry? Were you on your own with Saoirse I was. I was on my own, yeah. I was a single parent. Okay. And you moved there. 2008 is, of course, a very important date in uh, recent Irish history yes. because you had 
Yeah, I mean, are you an organised person? Did, were you, did you go to Waterford going, I have this, I'm going with yes, the girls? Yes, I did. Okay. I moved in August. I moved down a month before I was due to start college just so I could get, you know, my bearings around a new city and where I was living. Um, and I had my budget done out to a tea and started college in September. And I think it was late September, early October then that the recession hit. And you hear that expression, don't you? The yeah. recession hit. Um, but sometimes if you, you have to drill down to find out how did it hit an individual like you, for example, we hear about governments crashing and, and, yeah. and businesses failing and through no fault of their own most of the yeah. time. In your case, when did you first notice the recession hit? Um, I suppose when payments started being cut. Um, so it would have been, I suppose, coming up to Christmas, maybe like, you know, shortly after the October. So I, I'm like my single, my lone parent would have been transferred over to the back to education allowance then. Um, there was cuts to that. There was cuts to the to the grant. Um, there was another payment that you used to get similar to the children's allowance back then um, to help with childcare. That was gotten rid of altogether. Um, so like I had my budget kind of done out to a T to, you know, be able to afford childcare, food, rent, everything like that. Um, do you know, while I was in college mm-hmm. um, and with the kids and that just got obliterated. You know, it was my, my plan. My budget was gone so to speak What's it like watching all of that slip out through your fingers? Um, I suppose it's just panic stations you know wondering am I going to be able to keep this up Do I? will I have to quit Um so but I, at the time, like I, my mother was a very good, big support to me. Okay. Um, so she kind of, if we'd go home at the weekend, she'd send us back home down to Waterford with bags of food. Um, she would buy the, the clothes for the kids and things like that. And um, they never, they were never stuck. Do you know, once they, once they were okay, I was okay. Um, mm. So, so yeah, Mammy would have been a big support at that time, do you know, when, when the recession hit. Were you okay um, with her giving you that support or did you balk at it at any point or did you just roll with it? I just rolled with it to be honest okay. because I didn't have a choice. And you it was know, really helpful. Yeah, at the end of the day when you have two kids to support you you take what you can get, do you know, and you do what you need to do to make sure that they're they're fed, do you know, and that they're they're warm and, you know, they've clean clothes, do you know, mm. so um, I was willing to do whatever, do you know, and like my mother wanted to do it, do you know, she was a fantastic woman. Um, so that was, do you know, that was her contribution to me going back to college as a mature student. She always wanted me to be a nurse. So that was her way of getting me through it. And on the, the, the recession rumbled, uh, yeah. you, you started feeling it. Uh, but But then... Let's go to, say, January 2010. You're in second year in college. You're keeping the show on the road. You're Mm -hmm. head above water. You're doing okay. Yeah. um, Despite everything. Um, Take us to this point of the story. What happened to you? So in January 2010 then, my mum had been um, suffering with lung cancer for um, a couple of years and she had nearly gotten to the point of all clear and then um, she had a setback and she had went for a small surgery um, just to remove um, a lump from her lung mm-hmm. and then unfortunately while she was in hospital um, they realised that it had actually spread to her brain so she was on life support for a few days and um, then we had to make the decision to turn off the machine so she passed away um, on the 23rd January then in 2010. So God help us. Um, yeah. And of course that's um, adding to enormously to, yeah. to, to where you are yeah. in your head and in your, in your heart. And of course I presume your your college exams were the yeah. last the last one thing on your mind in some ways, were they? Yeah, I when she was in hospital, I came to a stage where I actually walked out of some of my exams because I couldn't concentrate. So um, and I was supposed to be on placement that January as well. So I actually deferred my placements and that when she was sick, and so I repeated all of them then during the summer and repeated all of my exams then during the summer of 2010 as well. You you said that you moved to Waterford, but you're not from there originally. No. Did that mean that? With your mum passed away, um, you were you didn't have the way sometimes we have family around us. Did mm-hmm. you did you find yourself a little isolated then at that very, point? Very, very much so. Yeah, my mother was kind of my connection to home. Do you know, I um, like my my dad's family. Do you know, um, the, the the Ryan's would have been a fantastic support to me okay. and help, and I would have been on the phone to them that. But I suppose, mammy was my connection to home. Do you know, and she was she was home for me. Because um, my dad had passed away twenty years previous, mm-hmm. so um, so that was me kind of left then, you know, without any kind of you know family support. You kept in college. You you were within your rights, I would imagine, to get the hell out of there. But yeah. what kept you going there? Um, support from some very good friends and Saint Vincent de Paul. 
Okay. Yeah. Which brings us to, say, the beginning of third year uh, yeah. of college. Yeah. Um, so you stayed the course. Yeah. And what was happening financially to you? Um, I was drowning. Um, really, I w- was drowning. Um, I The kids were in full-time childcare. You know, I, I had a fantastic childminder called Tanya in, in Waterford. She was my, like, she was like a second mother to them. So she used to collect them from school and they used to have their dinner with her and everything. She was fantastic. But I suppose when it comes to feeding myself and, you know, and just having, like, you know, basics like breakfast and things like that in the house for them, um, paying the bills, um, you know, even putting, like, petrol in the car to get to college and, and things like that, buying clothes. It was just an absolute eternal struggle um, all the time. Um, so, yeah, it was dark. There were dark days, I have to say. In in every sense, you, the the uh, electricity was cut off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I've I've never experienced that. I've been very privileged in my life not to have had that happen yeah. to me. Could you explain to me what that's like? Um, it's horrible. You know, you you've nothing. You don't have anything to, working in the house. Um, I was again very lucky with a very supportive friend who let me move in with her for a while until I like you know got the money to actually pay for it to get it reconnected. Um, uh, which was a, a, an absolute godsend, thank God. Do you know? But I don't know what I would have done. How did, how, her. Did that, how did that work? So you called your friend and said, "My my uh, electricity has been cut off." Yeah. Did you did you shoot straight with her and say because I can't afford it, or did you say there was a, yeah. some you did? Yeah, I told her straight. And you know, I like I obviously I was crying my eyes out. You know, full of shame. Um, but I suppose she she understood as well what I was going through. Um. You know, she was she had gone back to college as well as a mature student, um, and she was she was a very good friend through it. Um, Anne is her name, and so so yeah, she and she adored the kids. You know, so she just we went over and we she had a couple of spare rooms, so we we stayed with her for a few weeks until I, I was over and back to the house, obviously making sure everything was okay, and we were over and back, and then she actually helped me out financially as well, and I paid her back then. Um, she she got the electricity back on for me, so. I don't know what I would have done without her either, do you know? Yeah, you, I mean, people, we heard stories yesterday as well, something similar. Yeah. Um, and, you know, some people are just sent, it feels like from the heavens. Yeah, yeah. To mind you. Yeah. Um, in some ways. But we're heading towards Christmas 2010. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I was given out about, oh, I have to go up and buy a voucher somewhere in a shop in the middle of nowhere to, to get, uh, you know, Christmas presents. And now I'm looking, I'm talking to you, I should say, and realising the error of my frustration and mm-hmm. ways and lack of I suppose intelligence when it comes mm-hmm. to these things because you're going to take us to that place where no one wants to be this close to Christmas yeah. looking at two beautiful children yeah. and uh, who are cold yeah. um, How do you, what are you thinking regards food, uh, clothes and then of course, well thankfully Santa will always be there but you want to get a few little presents yourself and things like that. Yeah, um, I suppose I, I felt I had no choice but I, I contacted St Vincent de Paul um, the local branch in Waterford. I don't even know how it came into my mind, but um, I contacted them anyway and told them what was going on. Was that a big step for you to make wa- that call? It was, it was, but it, w- it was a big step um, at the time, obviously. But then afterwards, I was thinking, wh- why, were you, why were you, like, you know, stressed about it? Why were you ashamed about well, it? Well, tell me about that. Let's, let's go back there for a moment. Yeah. As, as your hand drifted over the phone saying, do I do this or not? Yeah. What, what, was, what was the shame or the reluctance? I suppose I kind of felt like I was a failure as a mother. Do you know that I couldn't provide for my, my own children? Um, I suppose that's, that's how I felt. You know, I, I, I felt like I was a failure. But at the end of the day, I was doing everything possible that I could for them. So now when I look back, I think, like I've nearly almost repressed the memory of, you know, that time of my life. But when I look back now, I think, you know what, fair play. Do you know, you've done what you had to do. You, any Anyone who's ever loved anyone, mm-hmm. and you don't have to be a parent, you don't have to be anything particularly, but anyone who's ever loved anyone knows that you would do anything yeah. for that person. Yeah, absolutely. And you got to that point where you said, it mightn't be the first thing I'd want to do, yeah. but I'm going here. Yeah. What's it like ringing Vincent de Paul? And, 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 and what sort of conversations do you, do you have? Um, it was so long ago now, but all, yeah. all I will say is that they were incredibly kind. Um, just so, so kind, so reassuring. And they told me, don't worry, we'll, we'll help, Do you know. And that was just the most reassuring thing, I think, to be told. They said, don't worry, we'll, we'll, we'll look after you. Um, 
and then there was two gentlemen arrived at my door um, two elderly gentlemen they were just so so kind so lovely so discreet and they just handed me um, vouchers for a local supermarket um, so that I could I could get food you know I could um, provide food for the kids for myself and they arrived with a bag of um, toys as well. My mother used to get so many toys for the kids for Christmas, you know, they, she used to spoil them. And they arrived with toys as well, you know, to make sure that they didn't go without, yeah. like, you know, from my mother's end. Um, and fuel? And fuel then as well. They um, organised that I'd have a bag of coal um, delivered every week from a local um, fuel company. So, like, that was huge as well, you know, because there was times that we would have run out of oil and I was waiting on my grant payments to come through so that I could put some oil in the tank. So there was times where we just used to huddle down in the sitting room, you know, with the fire lighting, and uh, thankfully for the St. Vincent de Paul, that bag of coal every week, you know, kept us going and kept us warm. It's it's amazing in all the years that that uh, I see the Vincent de Paul in action. And, you know, these volunteers, you described the two gentlemen who called to your door, um, and it, it's such it's such a remarkable charity because yeah. as I say the simplicity if you can call it the profound simplicity of a bale of briquettes and a tin of biscuits as we yeah. were joking about earlier on and that's the difference between a dignified Christmas and existence yeah. and a horrible existential struggle yeah exactly and when they came to the door and when they handed over the vouchers for the local yeah. supermarket or the bag of coal how did you feel? Because you described your reluctance going into the phone call yeah. and then the physicality of this being happening on your own doorstep. How did that feel, Sammy? Well, it was like a weight was lifted off my shoulders, pure relief, and I was just so, so grateful. And it didn't matter how many times I said thank you to them. They didn't want to hear it. They were like, do you know, it's fine. It's, it's you know, it's, it's fine. They were just, just so, so lovely, you know, and so humble about what they were doing as well, which I, which really kind of got me as well, um, how humble they were. But they were making such a huge difference to my life and my kids' life. God. And the Christmas was OK. Yeah. What a, what a change. Yeah. What a change. Yeah. And, um, if, we, if we go post-Christmas then. Yeah. And to your life improving. Yeah. Because this is a happy story. Yeah. Which I'm glad to say. Um, you you kept at the college. Fair play yeah. to you. I have to say, hats off to you for that. Yeah, and only like you know, I have to say that St Vincent de Paul played a big part of me staying at college as well. I like, I was at such a desperate state that I I was considering dropping out, but I stuck with it, and thanks to their support as well. So, so that kept you kept yeah. you kept you in there. It was a boost. You know, it was yeah. a real boost having support from them. Yeah, you felt less alone. Yeah, and the college uh, finished up. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit about uh, life since then. Yeah, so I qualified in 2012. And, Congratulations. Um, thank you. And I worked in uh, the wonderful paediatric department of, War- of University Hospital Waterford for, for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a, gr- a great bunch of nurses there. Um, and I kind of changed specialties. I worked for in, in the nursing home to care of the elderly, intellectual disability, went back to paediatrics, at, paediatrics a bit as well. And I'm currently working for the HSE now in a hospital down in Cork in an endoscopy unit. Good on you. So. Good on you. And the kids? And kids are flying it. Saoirse is 18. She's doing her leaving cert. Right. And Alex, he's, he's 15, so he's doing his junior cert this year. And who's David? David is my wonderful husband. So tell me how he came into your into your world. So myself and David were in college together. We were very good friends, and I suppose we kind of start. We we were we were best friends before anything really happened. But um, I was about three or four months after Mammy passed away that things started kind of developing into something more than friendship. So I I fully believe that she had a part in that. That she knew I needed someone, you know, to. To, spe- to share my life with. So, um, yeah, we got married then in 2016, um, in July of 2016. So. And who's Daniel? Daniel is our gorgeous little boy. Oh, come on, um, this story gets better. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. He'll be four in February. Wow. Yeah. You're a busy house of, of, of a lot of love in the room. Busy, but... busy house, but yeah, a lot of love, I have to say now, Saoirse and Alex um, are brilliant with Daniel um, they absolutely adore him and he adores them as well oh, God, so. you've blended you've blended yeah. well yeah. Uh, I love that Sandra and and you know something um, thank you for, for for talking to us today because not everyone wants to talk about their experience with Vincent de Paul because they feel yeah. maybe it was a time in their lives that they'd rather forget or what have you yeah. well, I, I think you're doing us a great service today because people and I can tell you something the text response from people are so encouraged to know 
that you know this is where your money goes when you yeah. donate to something like Vincent de Paul. It goes, as I say every year, it goes to if you donate in Cork, the, the Vincent de Paul and Cork benefits. If you yeah. donate in Longford, uh, Kerry, Carlow, wherever you might be. Yeah. Um. So it's 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 great in that sense. Yeah. Tell me before I say goodbye to you. Tell me a little bit about your return trip, if you like, regarding the Vincent de Paul and how you work with them or how you pay it back a little bit or what you did. Well, I suppose. Um now, I'm on a committee for a Christmas market in um, Boerhaoui in Cork. And two years ago, now, we didn't obviously didn't have one last year with COVID, but the year before, um, we always, we have a Christmas market in the hall, the local hall in Boerhaoui, and we give back to a charity every year. So two years ago, the St. Vincent de Paul was the charity that we had chosen. So I was so, so grateful to be able to contribute to them locally um, down in that community. And then last year, I remember when you had one of your Late Late Show specials, you know, regarding charities and it was the night that um, you were honouring St Vincent de Paul yes. so I made my own do- donation then Come and um, so it was Daniel then from St Vincent de Paul actually contacted me um, because I had just put a little note about the, you know to thank them for what they had done for me um, when I was struggling um, so it's nice now to be able to give back it's nice to be able to be part of this campaign as well you know just to, to tell people you know not to be ashamed to pick up the phone that they're there to help yeah. um, and just you know I hope in future as well that I'll be able to become um, a supporter and maybe even a volunteer with the St Vincent de Paul um, so that I can help people who are in the same situation as me uh, they, they, I just, I, they, they, somebody put the poster from their ad up on a corridor upstairs, and I stopped in my tracks. It's mm-hmm. so good. It's the ATM machine. They're the yeah. ATM, as they call it. Uh, and what, what does it say on it? There's a sign. There's a mother and a child holding their hand and looking at the screen, and yeah. it says something like "food or heat." Yeah. Uh, and it's stark. Yeah. And you were that mother. Yeah, and um, that's exactly what they gave to me was food and heat, and that's wow. all you need. You know. You know, love, food and heat, and then you're happy. So well, you supplied the love, and they helped with the food and heat. Yeah. And you know that that, that that's a, that's a holy trinity uh, yeah. when when you're in when you're in the darkness. Yeah. Um, I I love your story, Sandra. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you as well to you and your show for highlighting it and championing St. Vincent de Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great to have people like yourself that is there to support them as well. We we needed to hear from you this morning, and uh, we're very grateful. And to all the people who work around the Vincent de Paul are all over this beautiful island doing these gorgeous things. We say good morning and thank you to them as well. Sandra, to you, your beautiful family, I wish you every happy wish and uh, Christmas greetings to you all. And thank you very much. Thank you. And here's to continued bright days for you. Thank you very family. much. Okay. Ryan, do you mind if I just add something there quickly? Let's do it. As long as <laughs> it's legal, you're out. fine. Yeah. My beloved home village um, yes. in Wexford, um, our Camogie girls, Owler the Ballock, are playing in the All-Ireland Cup final <laughs> this Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> so um, home is always where the heart is so just a shout out to those girls best of luck in the All-Ireland on uh, Saturday yes you are. yes okay good on you Sandra <laughs> okay. shop local isn't that what we say exactly good on you see you Sandra <laughs> best of luck million. okay thank you bye bye uh, bye so, thank you so much and, and the love is already there for and the word is inspiration repeatedly there and and um Good on them. It's just a wonderful thing. And uh, some people are sent from heaven to mind you, I said, and someone says, yes, Ryan, these people are nurses. Yeah. Amy Begley, good morning. Hello. How are you keeping? Tell me where you are in the country. I'm at home in Newmarket in Cork. In the county of Cork. Yeah. Is it a beautiful morning there or is it too early to say? Um, It's actually cloudy and Mm. it's it's a bit dull, but sort of truly really early in the morning. Well, so, this this you know. is where you come in because I was looking at your beautiful stars this morning on the website. Tell me what you were up to and why you did it. Oh, um, thank you. Um, so I was asked by Cup Foundation. Um, I'm working with Susha Arts, the art department there. Yeah. And um, Elaine is her name, and she's a Cup Foundation fundraiser, uh, organiser. Yeah. <laughs> my understanding of it and she asked um she asked me if i'd like to design a background mm-hmm. for a co-foundation website um to support them for donations and stuff and i was like sure not, not a bother and uh this year they wanted to go with the theme of light up cork yes and for we'll say for every star for every donation you make um a star appears over the sky of the 
landmarks that are in Cork. Yeah. So I was like, that's a really good idea. So I just had to come up with a design for it. And I was like, okay, what about houses? Because there's a lot of building and houses mm-hmm. in the city. And yeah. then I was like, okay. And I was like, okay, right. So I'll add in the, um, the landmarks, but I wanted to put in the Cork colours as well, just so that it would identify Cork. <laughs> you know yeah of course um, so that was really fun I really enjoyed it it's you know, it was it was nice to be part of that because you know they've supported me throughout secondary school and for me to be able to help them in any way that I can it's a privilege it's really really nice no you did a really beautiful job I, th- I think it reminds me of in some ways looking at it uh, you know on the Late Late Show behind my desk there's a kind of a cityscape scene uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think you've got a really good eye for design and architecture. And it's really clever. I just loved yeah. what you did, Amy. Amy so congratulations, honestly. Uh, tell me about your, your experience with COPE. What do they do and what have they done for you in your life? Um, so COPE Foundation is a Cork organisation. Mm-hmm. Um, and it runs through the county, like we'll say, just the county alone. And... Um, they supported me since I went to school Bernadette, or when I started school Bernadette in Montenegro, Cork. So um, I love art and I love drawing and stuff. And they could see that there was something there. And um, my dream is to be in a, uh, in a company that does animation. And they wanted to, or they still do as well, they at the time, you know, and today even, you know, mm-hmm. to this day, they're supporting me through the arts. So uh, any support that they give me, you know, it helps me develop my skills more, help me to um, get into, like, college or, you know, supporting me if I need help. Yeah. When it comes to documenting stuff like that, because there's a lot of written work with the um, animation stuff and like in general then as well they're great for supporting like like they're trusting me to do designs for them you know um, you know always always there to prep me at the moment now that like I'm doing like a lot of work um, with Cup Foundation but like we'll say outside of Cup as well they've helped support me um, you know doing art stuff outside of Cup so like I'd have like um we'll say, like a timetable, and they help support me, you know, creating an invoice, creating how many hours I should, like, add in and what time I started, you know, so anything like that. Mm. I'll try and get me out there because, like, I'm getting paid for my work, so it's really nice. I should hope so, Amy. I should hope you're getting paid for your work. Good Lord. Because you do such a lot. And tell me this, what is, um, you know, I know that COPE deals and helps and looks after and minds and encourages people with uh, a difference. So can I ask you what your difference is, if if that's the right way to say it? So my uh, different ability would be an intellectual disability. Okay. So what that means is it's like, it's not a physical disability. Mm -hmm. It's more of the mind. So... It's just like a, a general learning disability, so communication plays a big part in that. So, like, what, it depends what we'd be, like, talking about or if you have a conversation. It depends how I pick it up. And if it just doesn't click with me, I have no problem asking, oh, what do you mean? Can yeah. you repeat that again? Or in general, do you know? And it's just, I'm a lot slower. So, like, it, <laughs> you might be really fast at picking something and I would just be that little bit... It would just probably take me a minute or two just to grasp what's going on, you know? Is that right? Uh, because I just you just seem so sharp, if that's the right word to me, and you're... you're really? Good. Oh, yeah, I really mean that. And also, I think you've got a great communication ability. I, I speak to people who would have great problems coming, maybe coming on the radio, who just kind of might be too shy or whatever. You're chatting away like you, what you present the show. Oh, I'm so nervous. No, know. you don't. You don't sound at all. You sound really chilled <laughs> and really accomplished. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm impressed. So, uh, thank you oh, for thank for, you, for being with us today. And I think that when we, when I, when you talk about that lovely art and the fact that Cope encouraged you in what you were so good at, um, you know, you, you, you must think about, for example, your mom, who encouraged you to start drawing. I understand when you were li- very little. Yeah. So, like, it all starts with mom and dad. Like, they drove me to art class and stuff. So, yeah. like, I was drawing when I was, like, a child, but mom could see there was something there because I was able to draw what 
you know, it, it wasn't like, you know, when you see like toddlers drawings yes. or, or even when I was like six, but when you see little children drawings, it's lovely and scribbly and really loose and, and messy, but mm. you could really identify my drawings, you know, so... Uh, mom was like, okay, definitely art classes. So um, mom got me into art classes and art camp, and that was there too because he did a lot of driving as well. And then, unfortunately, when mom passed away in 2008. Oh, I'm sorry. How old were you then? Oh, I was 13 when mom died. Okay, and how did she, can, can I ask you? Oh, yeah, of course. Um, mom died from cancer. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, that's horrible, uh, yeah. isn't it? I mean, that's just... It's hard. Yeah, it's yeah. hard. But you kept going and, and the art didn't leave you. It did, actually. I didn't do art for four years because I was just in a really bad place. <laughs> um, just being, like, really sad over mom and stuff. But then I knew that, like, you know, I realised it was coming to my um, my LCA, we'll say. It's like, it's like leaving cert, but it's a, a certified... Yeah, the, um, the apl- leaving cert applied. Yeah, that's yeah. the one, yeah. So I had that anyway, and I realised, okay, this is it now. This is my future. I really need to cop on and get on board. Mm. And I was there looking at other stuff, and I was kind of like panicking, what am I going to do? But the plan was already there in place. I just, my eyes weren't opened until like it clicked in afterwards. So then I was like, okay, Dad, it's animation. Because at first I was going to go painting, but you don't make money with painting well that's what I thought at the time anyway <laughs> okay. well it's really difficult you know no, I know Amy I just like the fact your eyes are on the prize here keep going <laughs> <laughs> so I was like okay dad this is what I want and he's like right so let's go and do this so uh, you know with dad's support mm. um, which was very nice uh, dad played a huge part in that actually yeah. um, I was given a report we'll say just to specify my disability and how I did, how I even dealt with things. So, at the time, I had a lot of anxiety, like huge anxiety. Yeah, I can imagine. I was, I was preparing a portfolio for college, you know, so it really got to me. Mm. And um, I was so I went into my interview, and I had my interview first. And Dad had the report, and Dad never showed the report until after the interview. Mm-hmm. It was only just to give myself a chance because if I gave the report. Um, to my lecturer at the time, he—I don't think he would deny me, but he would like—he would question: Would this be the right uh, course of play? Because like animation is like, like that would totally like test your anxiety, mm-hmm. like it would just test you in so many levels. But like I've grown so much from from the support from Dad and his, and Foundation personally mm. played a huge like. They played a, they're, they're still playing a huge part of my life. Like, hope is like a part of my identification now, yes. do you know? And where were you born, Amy? Tell me. I was born in um, in, in Romania. Yeah. So uh, mom and dad adopted me and my brother. Mom couldn't have kids because she had to take out her uh, her womb, I think, because of the cancer. Okay. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of glad it happened the way because we wouldn't be here otherwise. <laughs> Yeah. In that sense of things, you know, yes. it could be a totally different ball game altogether. Absolutely. And do you think of of your Romanian heritage at all, or do you feel very Cork the way you sound? Well, you know, I'll always be Cork, but there is this like I feel there's this hidden ident- identification of myself that needs to be like explored. So, like, eventually, like I am planning on going back to Romania just to go to the city or the countryside and just really get the culture there. I'm just very interested in their culture and, you know, yeah. the history behind Romania and where I was born. You know, I I wouldn't be going down the road with my Albert people because that would be pretty heavy and there'd probably be a lot of paperwork and records and yeah. you wouldn't know, they could be disappeared as well. So I said, you know what, now I'll just go and see what the culture is like. Exactly. And do, do, nice. do you have any memories of, that? I mean, you were so young, but do you, can you can you recall any parts of that time of your life? Yeah, it's actually, it's really weird. Um, I, all I remember is being in a cot and just like kind of like um, a spongy mat. <laughs> and I, I, I remember, I think I was in the shade. But I just remember seeing a cow. So 
Yeah, you're probably in the countryside, obviously. So, but isn't that funny that you probably just like you're probably in a nappy, but you remember the the foam mattress or whatever it was. It was you know because sometimes it's it's a feeling or something that you touched or smelled that that can be the memory. I think it's the color because it was really bright, kind of a turquoisey color yeah like a really bright turquoise yeah <laughs> but you sounds like you've got a very happy life there how's your dad doing dad is great thank you so much he's he's unreal um he's actually just getting ready for work Good he man. works in uh, Ayrton so <laughs> <laughs> and he you live at home with your dad who else is there oh Timmy I, I'm living with, with dad and Timmy and Timmy's actually gone to work so he's delighted with life. It's great now to be back to a bit of normality, I suppose. Yeah. Well, like to never go back to normal, but it's nice to be able to have a bit of routine. You know, being able to go back to work now and things like that. And you're finishing up some college projects in 3D animation. That's the. Oh, I'm actually finished the college. <laughs> I enjoyed it so much. I went to Pulse uh, College, and actually, it was amazing. Um, I'm not a person that would do like online courses um, because like, again, because of my disability, it is quite difficult with the communication side of things. But to be fair, they had it really top notch. Um, I, I was very lucky with the people that were like dedicated and, and teaching animation. So like I did 2D animation and 3D animation and it's, it's a top up level. So I was very grateful to um, be in it because and um, you know the animation industry is always changing, mm. and like it's been like six years since I animated, so it was like a, so it was like starting over again. But you know when I started getting back into it, all oh, like everything just synced into me again. You know, to like it never left my animation uh, skills, never left. It was great, mm. um, and I learned something new with the three D animation. I really like character modeling, so like. That was, you know, it's really interesting where you get to create 3D models. It's, it's, it's really, really cool. It's, I, I, it's just outstanding and astounding, your your interest in it all and your love for what you do and for your family. Uh, Amy, I'm so glad we spoke this morning and I loved what you did on the Cope Foundation website with the stars and, this, and, the, and the cityscape of your beloved Cork. Happy Christmas, Amy. Thank you so much, Ryan, and I really appreciate you taking the time to, like, you know, uh, you know, finding out me and Cork, you know, I feel very proud. I I was actually in, in n- not in shock, but like I was told I was speaking to a Ryan, but I never indicated to be Ryan Turbotty. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? It's Ryan Turbotty? <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> and you know, like, like, okay. Well, the privilege is mine, and Cork has plenty of reasons to be proud of you too, Amy. I, mean, I really mean uh-huh. that. And have a lovely Christmas. I hope to see you, you in real life now. when I'm in Cork next time. Oh, that would be unreal. I, yeah. I, would, I would love that, actually. Okay. That would be so nice. Let's make it happen. Happy Christmas. Thank you, Amy. You too now. Take care. All bye the bye. best. Thank bye. you. Amy, lovely Amy Begley talking to us there this morning from Cork. And if you want to see the website, if you want to donate, of course, you can head to cope-foundation.ie. If you just put in Cope Foundation, you'll find it. But officially, it's cope-foundation.ie. Great to talk to her. The text number, as always, 51551.